This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Sky Blues Extra podcast, kindly sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. Now, I know a couple of people have asked where I've been the last few weeks, mainly Glenn Walker and his weird obsession with me, but happy to say I'm back on the pod this evening and joined by Andy and Matt. Chaps, how are, how are we? Good to have you along. All good, thank you, Dino. Very well, very well. Good to be here. Lovely stuff. Uh, well, let's be honest, what difference a few days makes uh, after what can only be described as a humiliating defeat on Wednesday night at Kenilworth Road. We were treated to a scintillating second half display on Saturday to defeat the title favourites Fulham at the CBS Arena. Andy, let's start with you. Let's get your thoughts on what was a pretty bonkers week, even by the uh, Sky Blue Zone standards. Yeah, Matt, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, absolutely mental from... Zeros to heroes in what two, three days. So, um, yeah, Coventry City for you, really. But now, um, from an absolute, what should we say, a complete non performance on Wednesday to a table topping performance on Saturday, um, the contrast was just completely different, wasn't it, Dino? But yeah, that's the championship. It's, it's a mad league. You're going to get um, times where you get battered by people that you don't think you're going to get battered by and you're going to beat teams that you think you are going to not going to beat. So it's a fun league and uh, I'm enjoying this season and I enjoyed yesterday, but not Wednesday. <laughs> Absolutely. Matt, are you starting to believe or is it too early still? Uh, still, <laughs> well, I think the main thing for me is just kind of enjoying what we're doing at the minute. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, from my own personal perspective, you know, obviously I kind of take the budget into into account and, and staying up was pretty much, obviously it was definitely the, the main focus last season. Um, and and to some respect, again, this year, you know, whereas maybe last season it was a 
we can hope to stay up this season. We've still only got the fourth biggest budget, also we're led to believe in, in the division, or the fourth smallest, as I should say, um, budget in, in the division. So it, it's more a case of still thinking relegation maybe is the is the main thought occupying our minds, but probably more an expectation than hope to stay up and then see what we can do. So this is, you know, anything at the moment is just a, an absolute bonus. And I'm trying to kind of keep my feet on the ground to a certain extent because we're all commentary fans, we all know what can can kind of happen but that that's the main thing for me just enjoying um what we're doing because you know when you start kind of you probably look at fulham as a great example of that they probably if it, if it had been a, you know the opposite result for them winning 4-1 it wouldn't have been so much a, a case of their fans enjoying the day it would have been this is what we expect to do whereas yeah. i think for us at the moment you know a, a result like that it's great it moves us up to third that's fantastic it's it's great fun looking at the table but actually, we're all kind of able to to really enjoy the, those afternoons for what they are. Um, so yeah, it was it was maybe at this stage still kind of thinking, you know, let's see where we are in, in ten games or so. But uh, yeah, you never know. Yeah, it's it's funny you say about the table. I think I've stared at it for about <laughs> a good hour over the past, uh, past twenty four hours. I, I say all that, and I have been looking at it quite a lot for somebody who's kind of trying to keep their feet on the ground. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard not to to kind of look at it and maybe think what might be. But goals and expectations changed though, right? You know, with, with the way we've started this season, surely the goals may have changed for, for Robbins and his, and his team. I think kind of from their perspective, the main thing is, you know, really pushing on what we did from, from last season. And they the confidence just looks absolutely fantastic in the players at the moment. They are coming into every game thinking they can win. And, and Fulham was probably the first time where, there was a real kind of, um, well, we were coming up against one of the relegated teams for the first time this season. So there was that big question mark for the first time this season, but the confidence was clearly there. And I think from their perspective, I, I genuinely think they're probably looking at it a similar way. You know, let's yeah. take it for what it is at the moment, take every game as it comes in, but still with that confidence of believing they can actually go into each game and, and win it, to be honest with you. Well, it's a good time to be a City fan, that's for sure. But it wasn't on Wednesday night. Um, let's look at the two games then. Uh, let's start with that that defeat on uh, on Wednesday against Luton. Uh, it's an action-packed pod in store, so so let's get on with it. Uh, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we've got to start with this monstrosity. Uh, Andy, give us the, the lowdown with the stats on this one, if you don't mind. Yeah, a little, a little bit surprising, Dino. Um we, we, we outplayed them in the possession. We had 56.8% possession and we have 329 passes completed compared to their 242. And you, you'd think to yourself, if you didn't watch the game, um, you'd think, well, how, how they lost 5-0? How many of those were misplaced, though, those passes? Well, I don't have that stat. But yeah, <laughs> it would be a good one to get on that night, wouldn't it? But, but looking in, it, it, they kind of hit us on the counter-attack, didn't they, all the time, didn't they, Luton? They just out-pressed us and... They did to us what we did to Fulham, didn't they? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was a bit of a surprising stat to me. Um, but we only had six shots compared to their 21. And we had one shot on target compared to their nine. So, yeah, um, complete domination in that in that area for Luton. Defensively, um, 11 interceptions compared to their 14. We won more tackles than them, which, again, surprises me. And... However, they won a lot more aerial duels. They won 31 compared to our 16. And Matt, it was an unchanged side, wasn't it, from that from that win against Peter on, on Friday night? Was there any surprises in there for you? Because I know a lot of people were talking about Hamer and obviously being on that that um, precipice of a of a suspension. Yeah, not not really any any surprise for me. I think kind of when it comes to that side of things, if you start 
starting changing things and start dropping people because they might get a ban, then kind of you you kind of shooting yourself in the face really on that. Yeah. Point, you know, you're saving them from getting a ban from not playing by not playing them. So I wasn't really surprised. I know kind of when we spoke in the podcast last week, Ross kind of thought there might be a couple of changes. And in hindsight, he was probably he was probably right in in thinking or hoping that might be the case because maybe there was a little bit of tiredness. Uh, Could have made eleven, but the way it went. Exactly. Yeah, could have pretty much just brought the brought the kind of the under twenty threes in at the moment. But yeah, no, it was uh, it wasn't a surprise to me. If I'm honest with you, I thought you're coming into the game on the back of a three 0 win, so you're not really going to change too much. And like I say, when it comes to Hamer, um, you know, while he's while he's available, I think he he's he's going to be in the in the team. But yeah, maybe maybe some some more changes should have been made um, in hindsight. Andy, you mentioned that press from the off. I mean, we looked off the pace, didn't we, to begin with? Uh, obviously, highlighted those those misplaced passes as well. And Adebayo was was already causing a nuisance at the top end of the pitch. Mm. And on the third minute, we give away that penalty. Uh, it's questionable, obviously, whether it was a penalty or not. Uh, let's get your thoughts on it outside the box. No, outside the box, completely. Um, not even a doubt. <laughs> You know, he could even tell him full full time um, when it was going on that it was uh, outside the box, and when it was slowed down, it was even, we confirmed that it was completely outside the box. Um, I'll just say they targeted our left hand side all game. Didn't yeah, um, it seemed to be like they did the homework on Clark, Salter, and Matteson, which is a surprise to me because obviously Matteson has been fantastic this season. You know, he's won most tackles in the championship and to be far before the looting game I thought Klaus Salter's been growing in, in our team as well so yeah. it's quite interesting to see why they targeted that side of the pitch but they did and whether um, it paid off by luck for them or by judgment I don't know but no um, for me a definite um, free kick outside of the box and no never a penalty in a million years Obviously, the initial contact is outside the box, but apparently mm. there's been a rule change that, you, you know, it, it depends on the player to ends outside, up. You're allowed to foul outside the box. Apparently, apparently it's not role. the initial contact now. It's apparently and, where ah. it's, it's the continuation of the foul. It's well, the last point of the continuation of the foul, which for me was still outside the box. But, I was going to say, it's still outside the box. Isn't that shit rule? It is, but you know, that's, that's the officiating of, of, of the EFL for you, I suppose. We've, been, yeah, we've come well. to, to know and love it, especially over the last two years. It's pretty, it's pretty poor, isn't it? Yeah, mental. Uh, so, yeah, dismal 15-minute period after that goal as well. Um, every time Luton came forward, they, they caused issues. Uh, 18 minutes, they doubled the lead. Free header for, for Harry Cornick, Matt. Yeah, free header, all-round poor goal, not just kind of when it got to him in, in the kind of five yards out centre of goal, shouldn't really be in that position with a free header. But before that, it's a poor free kick that we gave away. Looked like we'd half got it, got it clear, but it's just such a kind of a lazy ball that they floated back into the box. It was a nothing ball really. And, and kind of they're allowed to get that first header back across goal without really too much of a challenge. I think it was uh, Clark Salter and uh, McFadden both got drawn in by Adebayo in the middle of the goal. I, I appreciate he's probably the, the biggest threat in their side, but you know, obviously, in that situation, you need a bit more, um, a bit more regimented kind of backline picking up their own men. I think it was Mac Fazin at fault for that one. He seemed to kind of drift in, and it it left uh, Gornick, as you say, five yards out with a with an easy kind of finish to to uh, put away to to double the lead. And I think from that point on, it already started to look like we were we were going to be in trouble. I mean, at that point, you kind of say in eighteen minutes it's two 0 but they had one or two other chances outside of yeah. the goal as well to kind of double the lead before that I remember a long throw and a header in it and it was all really simple stuff 
uh, as he's, Andy says, it kind of targeting the left-hand side. We were, we were probably fortunate just to be 2-0 down after 18 minutes, which really speaks for itself, to be honest. Talking about that left-hand side, uh, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to, to look back at these goals, but there's probably a missing persons report for Ian Matson during this goal as well. He's not even in the frame of the picture. I don't know where he is. It's, it's just very odd. It's a strange way. Yeah, probably, yeah. Probably get the slap for it. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, a bad dream then became a nightmare on the half-hour mark. A, a goal that really summed up the way we defended in this match. Uh, Fads and JCS obviously leaving it for each other to try and deal with. And, and Luke Berry doing what he seems to do every time against us and, and score and make it 3-0. But absolutely awful, wasn't it, Andy? Well, he likes playing against us, doesn't he? Yeah, was it Cheltenham? Was it Cheltenham used to play no, for? He scored four? No, he scored, he scored in the FA Cup against us and he did four goals. I don't know, was it Cambridge? Cambridge, that Cambridge, was, that was yeah. it. Yeah, Cambridge, yeah. Yeah, he loves it. Loves it against the Sky Blues, Luke Berry, yeah. But the defending was just like, do you want it or do you want it? It was just complete lack of communication between JCS and Fads and some there night up both of them two. Them two were terrible all night. Yeah. Absolutely awful. And it's just... Uh, unreflective, especially of Fads this season. Fads has been like faultless, and but that was back to his old days. It was awful performance by him, and um, yeah, they'd left it for each other. Obviously, they got done behind, and then Barry just slotted it, didn't he, in the corner? So, really poor, poor goal, and um, summed the night up, really, didn't it, lads? Just a bit, yeah. I mean, uh, Andy's already mentioned it there, Matt, but you know, very uncharacteristic of us, wasn't it, this, this season, especially when. We'd only conceded like six goals, which was yeah. the, the lowest in the division. Uh, Adebayo obviously made it four in, in added time. Just just failing to deal with the situations that arose. Pretty much consistently throughout the first half. And as you say, very uncharacteristic in, in of us. Certainly this season, you know, any professional football club going in at 4-0 half-time, they'd feel it, it should be kind of uncharacteristic in, in for them. But for... Commentary fans, again, probably in the past, you know, you think, well, we, we might have this this kind of thing in us. But certainly this season and, you know, since Robbins has been back for sure, you know, a result like this at halftime is not what you expect to see. And, and, and certainly this season going into that game, as you say, best offensive record in the league, only conceded six goals in the previous nine games. You just, there was no way you could see that coming. Um, they, in fairness to Luton, I know Nathan Jones had talked quite a lot in the week in terms of... Um, this was a kind of a, 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 a yardstick game for him. He, he kind of wasn't happy what he'd seen from him over the previous few games and he wanted to see a change. And he'd obviously, for the, for the previous few games going into this game, kind of given them a tough time in training. You could see that straight from the off. And I just think we look like rabbits in headlights, pretty much just caught straight from the off. And as you say, that fourth goal, you know, it, it summed up again, you know, really easy opportunity to, to find space down that, well, their right-hand side or our left-hand side of defence ball into the area, just one flick and he's three, four yards out to tap the ball home. And it's, uh, it's well, it's, it was already game over, but it that was kind of really game over at that point and, and really kind of hammered home a, a, a terrible night for us. Absolutely. Uh, don't want to dwell on this too much, so let's get over with quickly. Uh, the fifth goal, obviously, um, Sheaf dispossessed in midfield after a hospital pass from, from Fads, Barry Nips in. Cornick puts her away to, to cap off a, an absolute horror show for the Sky Blues, uh, eventually falling out at 5-0 defeat at Kenilworth Road. Andy, was, do you think this was a case of Luton doing their homework or us being shockingly bad on the night? Both. Completely both, Dino. Um, I thought they did well. I thought they played really well, by the way. I thought they played excellent. And, uh, probably, the, I think Nathan Jones said after the game that was probably their best performance of the season. 
Um, I thought we that was our worst game of the season, and I thought they outpressed us and they pressed us really well, and we couldn't deal with it yeah. on the night. And um, so a combination of both, Dino, to answer your question. I think the pressing thing is is important mm. because I think you look at every every match in the championship, whoever presses best wins. generally wins the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not just in well, not just in the chat in football generally. If you press the ball well, you win the ball back quickly. You get a quick turnover, don't you? And it normally sometimes results in goals, doesn't it? So, yeah, um, and we showed at the weekend what a good press does, doesn't it, Dean? Absolutely. Uh, and Matt, a, a, a night to forget for for both, or for all the defence, I, I would say. Um, maybe barring Todd Kane, I didn't think he had too bad of a game. Um, but Ian Matson and, and JCS just weren't at the races, were they? I think the benefit for Kane was really, he was just the, the guy who benefited from being the furthest away in terms of kind of the defensive <laughs> yeah. line. He just got to stay away from it because they, as Andy mentioned before, for whatever reason, whether it's by design from, from their players or whether it was... Um, you know, they really targeted our, our left-hand side of defence. That just seemed to be from from minute one where they were going to go with everything. And and it worked for them in fairness. You know, it, it was the poorest game by far for both Matson and, and and Jake Cartsalter. It's kind of Matson, as Andy mentioned before, you know, he's been really solid. So it was quite surprising for him. I think Clark Salter, you know, he has had dips in form, kind of been in and out at certain points, but the last couple of games, you know, he has seemed to seemed to be kind of trending upwards in terms of his form and it was a really kind of big surprise but they were just I think one of the things for us we are big in terms of the press you know we are trying to kind of get on the front foot get at teams and it seemed very simple in terms of the fact of um, I think I saw something on the looted Twitter feed where they were talking about the the fourth goal or maybe the third goal where they were saying you know goal played out from the back and it was really generous of them in terms of the fact that it was rolled out from their keeper to the right back. He hoofed yeah, it kind of pretty much all the way down the field. And Clark Salter and Matson did a better, better job of tackling each other than they <laughs> did Cornick and they were able to kind of run in from there. So I think it was, we were pressing so hard. We were leaving those gaps and Luton, to be fair to them, have exploited it way better than any other side. But yeah, Matson and, and Clark Salter in particular, they were targeted and, and they kind of buckled into that, unfortunately. Andy, do you, do you think this might be one of those fixtures where during the season you see it as a bit of an, an eye-opener, you know, in the sense that if we have ambitions then of, of continuing this fine start, we can't sort of take our eyes off the ball and can't underestimate teams no matter who they are, especially in this division? I think a slap is always good if you learn from it. <laughs> I, t- I tell it from experience. <laughs> because I think when, when you get a slappy like that, Dean, I think as long as you respond to it well, then I don't think it's a bad thing. And to be fair, we have responded well in the past, haven't we? You know, you mm. look at the likes of that Rotherham game in, in the League One season, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a couple of times last year where we, you know, we we had some really bad defeats and we came back well. Generally, um, when Robbins needs a result, he gets one. Absolutely. He? Yeah, well, that's 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 the main thing to get, isn't it? Really? Yeah, of course it is. You've got absolutely. to get a response at times. Yeah, and I thought you got you got one in spades, didn't you? Um, absolutely. But no, to answer your question, I think. Sometimes um, being brought down to earth um, isn't a bad thing as long as you learn quickly from it. Absolutely. Uh, and I think we should also mention those terrifying scenes in the in the away end in yeah. that first half with mm. one of our own fans collapsing. Obviously not a very nice thing to, to witness for, for everyone there. And, and quite rightly, a hefty stoppage in play whilst he was treated pitch side. Mm. Frankly, he's OK uh, and glad to see that he's on the mend and a brilliant gesture from the club and especially Matty Goddard, wasn't it, to, oh, to get in touch top, and get a signed shirt to him. Yeah, top man in the Goddard. He's, he's yeah. a legend, isn't he? He's, 
he loves doing things like that. And as we know, we've spoken to him a few times and uh, he's a top, top man. And just show, I think it shows how close they are to the fans and they Absolutely. appreciate the fans, don't they? Definitely. More than anything. That's 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 a good thing to see. Uh, right, let's try and move on. I uh, hate to ask this one, but did anyone do enough to, to warrant a man of the match from, from either of you? Um, maybe Todd Kane for the fact of being over the other end of the <laughs> he was just kind of out, out of the way really it was one of those nights where the, the least you kind of involved player would probably get the award for man of the match so that's the, that, the biggest thing I could probably stand anybody out from if I'm being completely honest Andy anyone from you? Army. yeah I was going to say that too they deserve a medal for doing that totally there, was a, there was a great rendition of Twisted Shout from about 60 minutes to, to yeah. 80 minutes yeah. Yeah, we're great away from home, and even at, even at the CBS. But no, even to, to stick with it that long, and even you know pull out a few songs. Fair play to them. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. All right, let's move on to Saturday's showdown at the CBS versus Promotion Chasing Fulham. And as the season's turning out, it's one of our rivals for the title. Um, and <laughs> the start of the stats, Andy. And um, let's let's kick off with those. Yeah, um, quite interesting because um, most of the games this season, um, bar one or two, we've, we've been in possession, a lot more possession than the other team. We've been playing a lot more front foot football this season compared to last. But this season, this season, well, not too surprising because obviously Fulham are up near top of the league, but we only had 41% possession. Um, we had 306 passes completed compared to their 474. So they had a lot more of the ball than us. However, we had 14 shots compared to uh, 12, and only five of them were on target, uh, which we scored four of them, didn't we? So that's good. Conversion, and mate. They, you must be but, loving that. I'm like, yeah, I am liking that. And But they only had one on target of their 12, so can, they need to work on that, don't they? Mitrovic needs to do some extra uh, training, doesn't he? Uh, well, the way he was chasing after the referee for most of the game, he oh. got the fitness, fitness levels up, surely. He did, he did. Uh, and defensively, um, we won 13 tackles compared to their 15 and won 14 aerial duels compared to their 16. So very similar, Dina. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, a few changes to the lineup. Obviously, Hamer suspended, which meant a uh, first start for the season for, for Captain Fantastic, uh, Liam Kelly himself. Yeah, great to see him back. For obviously, starting for the first time. I, I seem to mention him pretty much every week in, in my preview, hoping to kind of... You know, see that see that nod to say he's going to be at least back in the squad. And obviously, he's kind of had some time off the bench over the last couple of weeks, but good to see him in from the start. Obviously, as we know, it's it's kind of an enforced decision, but it's one of those decisions. I think it's almost it's almost worked out as a benefit for for Mark Robbins in a game like Fulham. You know, you, as much as we don't fear anybody this season, you do have to give them that respect in terms of the quality they've got in their in their team in their squad, and and to potentially go a little bit more defensive. Although I know we don't want to do it at home and. And we've kind of shown um, what we can do it on our own field this season. I don't think it was the worst thing for us. So it wasn't, I don't think even though nobody wants to see Hamer suspended, I don't think it was the worst point for, for him to miss out. And obviously, you know, the area of the pitch, I don't think again, Wagon, when I saw that he was missing, I kind of thought that was a reaction change from Robbins. I wasn't aware, obviously, of the situation with Wagon. I thought that was just a reaction because I expected it from Robbins, as we say, he, he kind of is somebody who will, won't be afraid to make changes when they need to be made and, and kind of get the results that we need. So I thought that was a reaction, but obviously finding out later that it was because of uh, Wagon's unfortunate illness. So 
Um, but in terms of timing, you know, Godden's a striker, you know, he he's desperate. He's not somebody who's going to want to sit on the bench and pick up a weight. He wants to be out there. He wants to be kind of involved in playing. And I think for him to come in at that point, you know, he's going to work his socks off and, and kind of, I wasn't surprised to see him get on a score sheet, obviously in controversial fashion in the end. We'll, we'll I'm sure touch on that a bit later on, but for me, it wasn't the worst uh, change either. And I wouldn't have been surprised or disappointed to have seen it happen um, anyway. So, so yeah, it worked out well. Absolutely. And uh, in stark contrast to, to Wednesday night, we started much brighter. Uh, we've mentioned it a few times this season, but there seems to be at times we just seem to be lacking that little bit of cutting edge when it matters most at the top end of the pitch, Andy. Yeah, we have and we haven't. Um, I know we've scored quite a few goals this season, but yeah, the start of the game, we really pressed them well all game. We we really did that a good number on them regarding the, the, the press, the high press, and we really didn't give them time on the ball, did we? It was a brilliant response by us early doors because that's what you have to do when you get whacked the, the, on the on the week, uh, in the week. You have to make sure that you start quickly, and, and that's what we did. Yeah, probably the only downside is that we didn't really carve that many great opportunities out, but the press was superb and we were winning the ball back really, really well early doors, which was very encouraging. Let's talk about the goal. Um, you know, Matt mentioned Fulham having, you know, needs needed respect. Um, I think their their um their squad is is worth nine and a half times ours according to transfer market stats. So yeah, you have to have to give them that respect. Uh, you can see their quality. They were growing in confidence during this this period of the game and Let's talk about the defending from Fads. Um, I mean, a lot of people are seeing it as a foul for Mitrovic. I think it's a foul. Um, but let's get your thoughts on that, Matt. What 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 do you think? I think it probably is. Um, but it's one of those I know obviously kind of we'll look at it and bias Coventry City to kind of tinted glasses and kind of even as a neutral, I'd say it was a foul, but it's not that bad of a foul where you think he needs to do what he did. You know, that for me, yeah. it's not as if he's kind of, his body's been twisted around or his head's been twisted around to the point that he's going to kind of, it's just one of those bad moments, isn't it? He just seems to have those, have those moments. He kind of hasn't had as many this season, but um, but we're kind of all familiar. With, we know they're there. It's just a case of whether he can kind of outweigh those with, with positive moments. And I think massively this season, he, he obviously has in terms of his play, for us, but it's just one of those moments. It, yes, it probably is a bit of a foul, maybe in the Premier League with VAR and, and everything else, it goes a different way. But, you know, for me, it's one of those, it's it's that marginal that you say, well, look, let's have a look at kind of the actual defending rather than just focus too much on whether it's a foul or not. And I think it's, it, it is poor, let's face it, from him. Andy, you've you've talked about defending quite a lot. What's what's your thoughts on this? He's the completely wrong side, isn't he, for a start? Yeah, poor, poor body shape. That's what I thought when the goal went in uh, from Fads, I thought his body shape was all wrong. He wasn't in front of him, was it? He was behind him. Well, you always taught as a defender to get in front of him, you know, stay beside your man or or just behind him. You don't yeah. get in front of your man. He, his body shape was all wrong, Dino. That's why when it hit his head, it went in the corner. If his body shape was in front of the man, he would have headed it straight out, in my opinion. So his body shape was all wrong and it was a, a big mistake. I think it was a little bit of a tug by Mitrovic, but you're never going to get them, are you? Um, so I think it's one for me where if it's anywhere else in the pitch it's probably a foul because you can't yeah. put two hands on someone's chest and push them yeah. onto a ball agreed but it's just just his body shape was just poor that's why it went in the net unfortunately and he, he needs to learn from that fans. but yeah unfortunately it didn't cost us this time absolutely not and uh, even though we were 1-0 down I don't, 
I never really doubted that we wouldn't carve out some opportunities and cause them issues in the second half. Mm. Uh, and lo and behold, within two minutes of the restart, we got ourselves level. Thanks to, to that brilliant press on, on their defence, causing them to make mistakes. You know, football at times is the team who makes the, the least mistakes. Mm. O'Hare nips in, shows some brilliant composure, doesn't he? And, and Big Vic is there again to, to make it eight for the season, Andy. Yeah, fantastic press by O'Hare. We know that Cal is probably the best in the league at the uh, forward press from, you know, defending from the front. He's fantastic at it, isn't he? And um, brilliant press by him, drawed out the mistake uh, from the Fulham defenders. And then he nipped in and then beautiful composure, awareness to find Big Vic. And Big Vic doesn't miss from there, do you know? He hit it quite softly, though. I it did. Sort of trickle across yeah. the goal, didn't it? it did. I was like, do you want to hit that a bit harder, man? Yeah. yeah very casual. Very casual. Super casual. Yeah. But I, I, I think we've got to talk about um, O'Hare here. You know, that, that composure yeah. is brilliant to see, isn't it, Matt? Because it's one thing that we've, we've questioned whether O'Hare has got that. Obviously, the finishing ability we've questioned too, but it's the composure in that third, top third of the pitch at times. And he showed it in, in abundance here. Yeah, he kind of he is one of those players. He's buzzing around all over the pitch and you get so many benefits from that. Not even when he's kind of uh, always when he's in possession, he, he's always working hard. He's always kind of onto his man, trying to force him into a mistake. And, and again, we saw kind of an example of that here. And like I say, yeah, composure, sometimes maybe a bit of a question mark. It does seem to be more the finishing side. And obviously we're all hoping kind of those goals come for him at, at some point moving forward. But he's having more than enough impact in the, in the team in other areas to, to kind of obviously validate his position in the starting lineup, And it was fantastic for him to kind of have that composure. You know, any kind of attacking-minded player, you're thinking in that situation, they're going to line up the shot. But yeah, it's kind of what's best for the team and, and kind of slide it to, to the big Swede. And he will very, very casually slide the ball home and kind of get that equaliser for us. You mentioned it before, the penalty. You can have first dibs on chatting about this. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that it's not a penalty, but um, it's nice to be on the end of a, a rubbish officiating decision for a change, isn't it? I think, yeah, it's one of those things kind of, I really try when it comes to football, you get so frustrated in terms of kind of, you start to feel one decision from a referee and, and then anything at that point, any 50-50 that might go against you, start saying, that's it, the ref's gone, he's completely <laughs> completely against us and we're not going to get anything. And kind of, yeah, you have that, that, that feeling. And I try and avoid that. Obviously, you kind of had the example with the looting game, we gave the, the penalty away early on. And I think, as Andy mentioned, it's not a penalty and whatever these new rules are, it, it's not a penalty either way, I don't think. But it's one of those things, it's close enough that you say, look, let's not moan too much about that because it's not the reason we lost that game. We obviously lost it 5-0. Whether it's the first goal or not, it's kind of, it's irrelevant. And a similar situation here, you know, it's the, the second goal, it's the goal that puts us into the lead. So yes, it's a, it's an important decision when we're, we're given that penalty, but it's also not the make, and, make or break decision. And it's, it's one of those things, again, you know, the manager for, for them, kind of all their fans, everybody on TV, once they've seen it 25 times, slowed down to kind of 500% of the speed it is at normal time. It's it's an obvious decision, but it's not quite the same situation for a referee without kind of, you know, any assistance. So for me, I think everybody who's watching it at the time thinks mm, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Obviously, we've seen afterwards it. It isn't. But you kind of, for me, it's one of those things you get the balance. We, we obviously had the bad decision in the looting game. Um, I always think it's going to balance itself or roughly balance that itself out over a season. I didn't think maybe it'd happen as quickly as as the next game, but, you know, we'll, we'll definitely take it. Andy, what's your thoughts on, on Matty Godden in that situation? Obviously, he's bought the foul, hasn't he? But do you blame him for, for what is essentially diving, especially when that defender sticks his leg out? 
No, because he got his three points. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to win from you, yeah? <laughs> Absolutely. Good strike play. But it's cheating, right? Um, oh, that, it's a debate, isn't it? Um, that can run and run. It, yeah, I suppose it is. But to be honest, it, it won us a penalty. It won us the game. But um, it's it's a difficult one because you'd be fuming if it was against you, wouldn't it? Yeah. But but because it's against us, you kind of like brush it under the carpet. All football fans do. Like Matt said, you get someone you don't. It balances out over the season. And I don't think God God is a cheater, is he? Let's be honest. I think he's quite an honest player. But he bought the foul this time. I think he anticipates that leg coming out, doesn't he, more than anything? It's not a blatant, blatant dive. It was almost like the leg came out by the defender. He kind of like went over it, didn't it? Like, so. We've seen worse. I, I would, I would, go, I would say the Tom Bayliss in the uh, first leg of the, the playoff was even worse. <laughs> if I'm honest, that was the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I don't think I don't think he's a dishonest player. I think God is as honest as a cup. But I, he saw the leg and went over it, didn't he? No doubt about the uh, about the the final product of, of him dispatching that penalty. There was a nah. Always going to bag the bagsman. Always. Bags in slot mill, doesn't he? Um, absolutely wonderful taken penalty, call as you like, and brilliant celebration in the corner, wasn't it? With I was the, just about uh, to with, say it's the, the new bags. holy trinity, isn't it? You everyone got the airplane, the knee slide, and the lawnmower. When they all come out to play, you know we're in for a good day. That's it. And he's like, he was just milking it with the fans, weren't he? He's saying, Yeah, God is his back. Let's enjoy it. He is back. And I'm looking forward to this partnership with Big Vic because they look superb yesterday. Exciting. They really did because they've both got that energy about them, don't they, Matt? They're, they're, they're just never-ending like Duracell bunnies. Yeah, you know, Vic is obviously, this is, I think he said in the, the post-match interview, kind of asked him, what's what's the difference this season? And you can see the confidence in him because he said, well, I'm getting played. That's the difference. Yeah. I'm kind of having the opportunity to to play. And, and if you play me, I'm going to score goals. And obviously we'll talk about it, the, the kind of the ball in from, from Godden for... Uh, the fourth goal is is unbelievable. So you kind of got that spark of a partnership between them straight away. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic to see. Obviously difficult for, for Waghorn missing out for whatever reason, but we, we've got options there now. You know, we, we didn't have those options to the same level last season. We've, we've definitely got options there now. And don't forget Tyler Walker is, is sitting there as well. And, you know, he when he gets a chance, he's, he's probably going to try and take it. So, you know, options are, are good to have. Uh, let's talk about that third goal. For me, it's going down as one of the great one-twos in, in Coventry history <laughs> from Ian Matson. Um, his ball out to Dabo, you know, I was on my feet applauding it, to be honest, in my, in my front room. Um, Dabo's cross was was so dangerous, but the strike from Matson, oh, clean as you like, wasn't it? Not quite Steve Froggart-esque, I'd say, but beauty of a finish, Matt. Not quite there, but yeah, it's uh, three three moments of absolute quality in that kind of very short window of time. Premier League quality for sure, which um, which is fantastic to see from from kind of those young players. And the ball over, as you say, to start the move is absolutely fantastic. It's a laser. That's kind of the definition of a laser pass from one side of the pitch to the other. And it's something smoke coming be, off it. I think was <laughs> something coming off it for sure. It's kind of something we seem to be benefit benefiting from a lot this season. We kind of. Obviously, saw it in the Peterborough game again, and there's a, it shows the confidence that they kind of you're looking up, picking the ball from from one end of the pitch to the other, or one side of the pitch to the other, with complete confidence. And um, and then obviously the ball from from Dabo, kind of we said with uh, Todd Kane's ball for the um, for the goal against Peterborough, it's unplayable. That is almost unplayable in itself. It's a fantastic 
um, clearing header to be fair to be, to be able to get it away at all but just falls into the path of the, the man they don't want it to and I, if, I'm, if I'm honest with you I didn't really kind of have that confidence in him um, as the ball was dropping to his feet to kind of ping it the way he did into the top corner but it's it's about as pure a stroke as you're, as you're going to see just absolutely connected with it it's pretty much the same kind of contact as he would have put in for the ball across the, the pitch to Dabo and uh, yeah I think it took everybody by surprise and uh, yeah absolutely fantastic goal he had one in that first half as well, didn't he? Sort of the same sort of area when we we played him through, and and it was it was blocked. But I think that was travelling as well. So he's it definitely was. got in the locker. Yeah, he's, and he obviously it's good to see that he's not afraid to to hit the ball as well because you know obviously the way we're playing, kind of Mats and Dabo, they are going to get into these positions. Dabo probably hang back a little bit more, but Matson seems to push on into the box a, a little bit more. And I remember we talking; it was a fantastic move and it was a good opportunity. Hit it well, but. Probably the, the placement wasn't quite there as it was for the for the actual goal that came later on in the game. Absolutely. Uh, you talked about the pass from Godden. Let's talk about this fourth goal that really put the icing on the cake from Jokerez. Um I think I could just watch this goal over and over again, Andy. The pass was just ridiculous, wasn't it? Phenomenal spot from Goddard, wasn't it? What a pass that is. It's one of the best passes of the season already, isn't it? What, Beckham what Esk, isn't it? Yeah, it was just like proper whippage going on there. That was just, uh, yeah, like Beckham, wasn't it? Absolutely fantastic from Goddard's. And, you could hear and, the appreciation uh, from the crowd as well because they all went, yeah. ooh! Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like a really what's excited this? cheer. What, what's this? We don't see this very often. <laughs> no, it's like just a complete... And that's the confidence from him. He scored his penalty, his confidence, his tail was up and he can play balls like that. And... Um, Found his spot, uh, strike partner absolutely superbly. And he um, won control and then he slotted it in, didn't he? Stabbed it in. And again, that kind of rolled over the line as well, quite slowly as well. So um, if I had any criticism for Big Vic, I just wish he could put it in the ball a bit, in the net a bit quicker then. <laughs> yeah. Um, brilliant goal. Brilliant um, brilliant partnership it looks like it's growing into between Vic and, and Godden. And that was a, a fantastic, fantastic goal. Absolutely, and it, and it could have been better after that, couldn't it, with uh, Big Vic potentially getting his hat-trick, but had it not been for a superb save from, from Gazaniga, mm. who I think came into some unfair criticism from the from the Fulham supporters, Andy. Yeah, yeah, he's done all right this season um, for Fulham. And, There's not much um, he could have done about potentially all of the goals, really. No, not really. It was the defender's fault for the first, penalty second, third, Matson, not a chance. And what can he do about the fourth? So I don't quite understand where the criticism coming from that, from Fulham. But yeah, I don't understand that. But no, I don't think you can look at his doorstep just to look that Vic didn't get his trick. Yeah, unfortunately, that one. Uh, I think that's, is that three times he scored a brace now this season? I think so, yeah. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Okay, which, yeah. which is crazy. And every time he scored, we've won as well, so... Mm. That's something to, to look back on as well. Um, chalk and cheese, those two performances, though, weren't they, Matt? Um, what do you think the, the difference was in sort of the mindset between those games? I think it is down to Robbins. We spoke a bit earlier on in terms of kind of the way that he's able to get a reaction. You look kind of the last, certainly since we've been back in the championship last season, you know, we didn't, difficult season, obviously, coming back into the league, the second lowest budget as it was at, at that point uh, in time. And we didn't go any any more than two games in a row kind of uh, with back-to-back defeats. You know, any any point we we lost two in a row, we kind of nipped that in the bud and, and moved on. And a lot came down to, you just could tell the way Robbins would kind of get a reaction out of them, make the changes he needed to. And I don't think there was anything massively in terms of what we did different in our setup for the Fulham game, in terms of how we, how we set up against 
every other team that we've we faced at the CBS. And that's for good reason. You know, obviously with we've got a hundred percent record and we've got to give them more respect because they're they're Fulham, they're a, a team that's been in the Premier League recent as, as last season. But I just think it was more instilling that confidence into the players. You know, you deserve to be at this level. You're in the same league as Fulham, you deserve to be on the same pitch as them. And um the changes were kind of I think they did help us in the end, and, and obviously maybe that little bit of experience from from Kelly as well was important. But yeah, I, ju- I just think it's kind of that confidence, making sure that yeah m- maybe we have a bad re- run or, or a little bit of a kind of a bad performance. But uh, Robbins will give them that belief to, to say you should be on the on this pitch with these players, and and you can you can go and get the result. And obviously, it was billed as probably our first real test this season, uh, but we've come through it quite comfortably in the end. I suppose we can now start dreaming of, of what might actually be a promotion push now, Matt. Yeah. I mean, was it too early? It might be too early. It might just be me getting excited for, for no reason. I don't think, you know, there's no harm in, in people getting excited. You know, that we've obviously, they've, they've earned, uh, they've earned that respect in this division for sure, what they've done this season and, and particularly at home. And I think for me, I'm probably not the right person to ask this question to because I'm generally you know, we've, we've all been Cov fans for a while now and we know what can happen, but this does feel different. So I don't see any reason why we can't start to, to kind of be confident. But like I said, and like we talked about earlier, for me, it's kind of trying to enjoy what's going on as kind of as it's happening. You start to get in that situation where, you know, the, the focus is, right, are we going to make the automatic promotion places? And you kind of get away from a certain expect, respect the, the actual performances and the results. So, for me at the moment, it's just happily go along, you know, see us beat Fulham 4-1 and whatever will come after the international break as well. If we can get a couple more wins, maybe in five, 10 games, if we're in a similar position, then um, then I might start getting a little bit more excited. But yeah, just I, I just hope people enjoy it for, for what it is at the moment and don't get too focused in on, right, OK, now if we're not winning the league, this has been a terrible season. It's just absolutely fantastic football and and hopefully we can we can make sure we continue to in, enjoy it for what it is at the moment because it's it's great to see. So would you say no to pre-booking some Wembley Wembley Way hotels? Maybe start having a have a look. It can't hurt to have a look, can it? You know, no, you've got to keep your keep your eye on it. I know no what he's gonna say. He's gonna no say it, automatic. No advanced purchases in the hotel <laughs> Well, we might not need them, we might just go up in the top two. So that's it. That's <laughs> there you it. Go. <laughs> uh, and it was also obviously the first real chance to see the skipper back in action, as I'm calling him now, the, the metronome. Uh, outstanding performance from him. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't look like he'd been out of action, did it, uh, since, the, since the start of April. But given how much control he seems to have over games, and especially in this team, Andy, could Ooh. he be the difference, especially in our away form this year? Hope so, because he's massive. Um, he's huge for us, Liam Kelly. Um, he's our skipper, he's our leader. He just does the things that are unfashionable well, and you don't even notice that he's on the pitch. And I don't mean that in a bad way. And I mean that in a good way because he just does all the crappy jobs well. Um, his body shape is brilliant. It protects and screens that back free fantastically. He gets us playing and he's just absolutely amazing. Fantastic player. And um, considering the amount of time he's on off because of injury, he didn't even look like he had been off, has he? He was absolutely fantastic. And get those PJs on, Dino, because he's back. I have to get a new set, I think, for, for yeah. this year. Absolutely. Actually, it's getting colder now, so I could start putting them on a bit more. Absolutely, mate. You know, because um, he's back in a big time and uh, he's going to boost through that, that midfield area for us because um, Hamer, Sheaf have done good. Alan's been fantastic. He's been a revelation this season. 
Vitaly I was going to mention the, the Allen situation because mm. it's probably very, very harsh on him considering his form since the third game of the season that he was dropped for this match. Yeah, but he's going to have a say, isn't he? You know, four, four of them are going to have a say. You know, Sheaf came in, didn't he? Uh, you know, he, he Sheaf played well yesterday. He did play well. Him and, him and uh, Kelly looked a great combination. So, you know, Hamer and Allen have got a fight to get back in the team. And that's football. That's a, a successful team that are going to go for the playoffs or automatic, no, sorry, playoffs, um, <laughs> need competition. Don't they? Yeah, in, absolutely. In all absolutely. Areas. Well, we so didn't that, have that at a big periods of last year, did we? That ah. was a, probably our main problem. The, squ- the squad from last season to this season is, is completely different. Well, there's so much more competition in this squad than last. You know, you look at Vic, he's got nine goals already. Our top goal scorer last season was Tyler Walker with seven. Yeah, and it's, what, 11 games in? Just, <laughs> yeah. just short of a quarter of the way it? of the season, yeah. And you've got, like, the striking area, you know, you've got four strikers, you've got that central midfield area that there's four. I think the only area that we're, we're lacking is maybe at centre-half, but, you know, Rose is looking to chomp at the bit to get back in. You know, the full-back area is maybe a little bit light, but that's why he brought Todd Kane in, didn't he? Because that would, he, he covers both left-back and left-wing-back and right-wing-back. With... Even the goalkeeping area, you know, Ben Wilson is not the worst deputy in the world. There's there's some squad depth this season compared to last season, in my opinion. Mentioned a lot, obviously a lot of players there. Uh, Matt, let's go for your man of the match uh, nomination first. A uh, lot to choose from. There are a lot to choose from. I think kind of there's probably five, six at least you could kind of stake a good claim for it. I'm going to sound a bit repetitive at the moment because I, I said it last week after the Peterborough game. I'm, I am going to say Jokrez. I just, it's just too hard not to, you know, there's there's just such a consistency in his play at the moment. Obviously, he's getting the goals, scoring scoring another brace um, kind of at the weekend. And it is his kind of play outside of that as well. He will drop deep, he will pick the ball up and he's fantastic in terms of his retention of the ball. He will make something happen, even if it's not the most spectacular thing. When the ball goes into his feet, I would say a majority of the time he does the right thing with it. And, uh, you know, Again, another fantastic performance for me. Feels a little bit obvious, so I apologise for that. But uh, I feel kind of I've I've taken the main standout name here. But yeah, I'm going to have to going to have to go for the Swede again. Andy, same thoughts with with Victor? No, uh, not because no, because you know I don't want to sound the same. But I, I just thought myself, I've gone for can I have two Dino, or is that not allowed? <laughs> Um, it's not called men of the match it's, oh, it's okay. man of the oh, match oh, <laughs> you can have two of course you can have two I'll tell I you what, say I'll all 11 you, I thought it was a great team performance if I'm perfectly honest I'll, I'll give you my man of the match and then I'll do a special mention how's that <laughs> okay. man of the match Matteson for me um, okay. I thought he was fantastic I thought he defensively I thought he grew into the game fantastically well um, and he got better and better and some of the pings he was providing was just unbelievable and that finish I'm sorry that's proper swaz you know that that deserves. Wow, it's, wow. it's, it's absolutely. <laughs> that in the no, the te- the te- no, definitely not. The technique on that is above the level. It's absolutely. You saw it from you know when you saw the uh, replay on Sky behind the goal. That the technique from that is just absolutely above the level and fantastic finish by uh, Madison and his defensive and attacking play is just what you need from a left wing back he's he's been very very good and I thought he was brilliant against he did, he did uh, pick up so. another booking though so we will miss him now for that Blackburn game yeah which is annoying isn't it Dino because we will miss him um, we'll have to put obviously a Dabo might go left wing back mightn't he which is not his favourite position is it it looks all a little bit awkward when Dabo plays left wing back but uh, that's a shame uh, but a special mention goes to um, 
Liam Kelly as well. Uh, obviously, I've covered him of what how my thoughts of how he played, but um, I thought he was immense. And uh, to come back after that amount of time being off and be that instrumental and not look like he's not played for a long time, is, he's my special mention, Dino. And I think we need to mention that uh, Jokerez has got a call up to the Sweden squad as yeah. well in place of, of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Very well deserved, but it's one of those for me where I just pray to God he does not get injured. It's a bit of an upgrade for them, isn't it? You know, you, you go from Ibrahimovic <laughs> to, to, to Vic, but yeah, it is kind of that first thought of uh, he gets the call up. We, we love seeing it. You know, we don't get loads of call-ups from, um, from kind of some of the, the bigger named European teams for, for Cov these days. So it's good to, to see when it happens. But yeah, then you kind of start thinking it's that it's that thought, we hope he didn't come back injured because we we obviously clearly uh, rely a lot on his goals. But, um, but yeah, I think it'll actually work out well for him. You know, I think he's obviously got a lot of confidence. He can go there and, and hopefully do well and then come back and just pick up where he's left off. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. It's now two weeks until the Sky Blues are back in action due to the snooze fest that is the international break, uh, after which we'll be head north to face Blackburn Rovers and our old pal, Tony Mowbray. Uh, Blackburn has started the season well, especially after losing a few key players, namely Adam Armstrong, and after very little incomings too. uh, They sit in eighth place currently, four wins, four draws, three defeats to their name just outside the playoff positions. Andy, this will be a tough test. It always is against a Blackburn side who, you know, demolished us, especially at home last year. But this is another opportunity to go away from home and, and show what we're made of. It'll be interesting to see what team he plays, won't it, Dino? I wonder if he'll go with the screen of Sheaf and uh, Cows just for the away form, because obviously that is a concern for us, our away form. It's been poor. It was poor last season. And um, it hasn't really specifically started well this season, bar the Blackpool win. So um, it'd be interesting. I'll be very interested to see what happens with his team selection. Um, but we need to get that going. If we want to, you know, flirt with the playoffs, we need to get our um, away form going, Dino. So very interesting. Yeah, obviously, game. you mean flirt with the top two, Andy. Come on. I'm not going that far. <laughs> I'm not going that far. We'll be in I'll the Barclays this time next year. <laughs> Please do, I wish. But no, I, I, I think, yeah. Um, but there's nothing to fear from Blackburn. Um, they always start the season very well, don't they, Dean? And then fall off. It's typical Mowbray, isn't it? I was about so, to say, that is Mowbray. Uh, Peak Mowbray, isn't it? Absolutely. So they've got some, but they did lose at the weekend to, to Blackpool, didn't they? 2-1, which isn't a particularly good result. So hopefully we can benefit on that. I think they've lost the last two, yeah, against Huddersfield yeah. as well, 3-2, so quite close yeah. results, but, but you know... Looks like they're conceding a few, doesn't it? So, that's good news. It does. They're also scoring a few. They they notched five against Cardiff. Um, just yeah, but Cardiff that. are poor at the minute, aren't they? They so. are a poor side, yeah. yeah. Um, and one of the shining lights for uh, Blackburn this season is the Chilean international superstar, but born in Stoke, that is Ben Brereton-Diaz. Uh, Ten goals already to his name this season in a team that was suggested at the start to have very little goals in it. He's one to be wary of, Matt, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's standing out kind of quite comfortably amongst their squad at the minute. Somebody who's come to the public's attention in the summer with a very unique situation around his call-up for Chile. I don't think many people saw that come in and the name Great change. story, isn't it? Fantastic story, yeah. And it's kind of, um, you know, it's, it's obviously great to see the, these kind of situations come about. And I think 
he's one of those players I had heard of. I kind of you start researching him a bit when you saw that whole situation come up. You're shocked to see he's still only 21. He feels like somebody who's been around for, but he has actually been around for for five six years. He was obviously at Forest beforehand for a couple of years and um and and seems to have been around for a while. He kind of felt more like an attacking midfielder, um, maybe even up to last season. But as you say, he's made a massive name for himself already this season. Aside from you know, an interesting story around the, the chili call up in terms of kind of what he's producing on the pitch and probably had that responsibility for London with the loss of Adam Armstrong going to Southampton. So they needed somebody to step up and, and score the goals. And he's certainly done that. As he said, 10 goals, he's got one assist as well. So he's just behind Mitrovic in the in the scoring charts. And um, yeah, he's, he's certainly the one to watch out for us when we when we come back from the international break. Obviously got a few other decent players in this team as well. Sam Gallagher stands out, but for one for me, uh, John Buckley, who was a um, one of their academy graduates, he started the season off really well. Really, really bright, attacking, strong centre midfielder. Um, anything else to look out in the for for the in this side? Yeah, one of the kind of names that stood out for me is Joe Rothwell. He's kind of somebody who probably had quite big expectations on him, you know, four or five years ago. He's playing youth international level rock to under 20s, you know, right from pretty much as early as you can. So there was obviously that expectation on him there to, to be a Premier League standard player. And it maybe didn't work out exactly how he how he thought it would. But he's um, he's taken the responsibility on this season and he's... Uh, I think he's got the most assists for him to date this season with with three. So somebody we, we might want to keep an eye on in terms of kind of, you know, the, the creation side, because I think Brereton is, is obviously Brereton Diaz, I should say, is going to be the real threat in terms of front of goal. So he's one to watch. You've got Paveda, who's who's on loan from Leeds, actually quite surprised in terms of what he's done for them so far in, in the fact of it's very little, to be honest with you. He's, he, you know, he's somebody who actually got decent game time for Leeds in the Premier League last season. I think he got 14 appearances for them, but only three to his name so far this campaign. He's got one assist, but not really um, lit the league up as they probably would have would have hoped. They obviously haven't done much, as you mentioned earlier on, in terms of the transfer window. I think they only bought four or five names in, but he was one on loan and probably was a lot of expectation on him. But um, yeah, he was on the bench for the for the Blackpool game. So, but still, somebody if he was to come back after the inter- international break, he's he's one you're gonna you gonna obviously want to keep an eye on for sure. I was kind of hoping with the Diaz situation, I call him Diaz now, it's Ben Brereton, not <laughs> Diaz. Um, with Brereton, I was kind of hoping that with his international call-up to Chile during this international break, that he would have to play all three games that Chile have, have got, but they've got some agreement that he can come back to serve his 10-day quarantine that he has to do. So I was kind of Finding hoping a way, aren't they? They seem to be finding a way to kind of, you know, obviously seeing it with some of the other South Americans coming back to the Premier League. There seems to be way around it which is quite interesting but um yeah you can imagine black blackburn have have got a real kind of uh vested interest in getting him back i don't know how much uh pulling power blackburn have got in terms of kind of international travel and, and regulations and rules but it seems like more than than we would have hoped but yeah they're gonna they're gonna make sure he's back aren't they maybe they've been on the on the blower to boris try and change <laughs> change the regulations before wouldn't be too uh, hard would it <laughs> you don't have to throw a couple of a couple of quid at them. You can do what you want. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Um, Andy, how how would you approach this? And you, you obviously you mentioned about you know potentially changing the side. Would you, would you go to potentially a one up one up top for this game? No, I'd, I'd go with the same team as what we played against Fulham. Um, I would play with the two screeners. Um, that's dropping Hamer out, though, isn't it? Yeah, I was about to say. Now, now you've got this issue, though, haven't you? All over the pitch, really, where yeah. we've got too many, you know, too many to fit in. Yeah, that's a that's um, 
I might play Hamer with Kelly. And drop it's quite shoes. a big pitch, this Ewood Park pitch as yeah, well. So yeah, it's it kind is. of the place where you would think Hamer would come into his own. Yeah, I'll probably, yeah, all right, I'll probably change that. I'll probably go with um, Hamer and Cows. And then I'll probably play, I'll play Godden and um, uh, Big Vic up front because I want to see that partnership develop. Um, and why Why wouldn't you? They both scored. So why would you drop them? So, um, and everything else, I would keep the same, Dino. But let's get on the front foot. Nothing to fear from these lads. And I think a bit of that screening by Kelly will help Helen Hamer as well because it might release him as well. So I think definitely put Kelly in with uh, Hamer and then uh, the rest the same as what's against Fulham. So he's making one change there, Matt. Yeah. And it's very hard to change, isn't it? A winning team. But how, how would you approach it? Similar, exactly the same. To be to be honest, I think Hamer comes in purely on the basis of, as you say, kind of a decent pitch for him to to get involved in, and I think he will he'll have a good opportunity to kind of influence the play with with that level of space. So, kind of you got to give him these opportunities. I think he's technically our best player. So, um, yeah, that's the one change I'd make exactly the same. But apart from that, it'd be really difficult to to change anybody else. I think even if obviously the the timing of the Waghorn illness is probably going to mean that he should potentially be back in in terms of uh, being available but I think the partnership that we saw on on Saturday afternoon you wouldn't break it up so for me I'd I'd go exactly the same and what are you predicting for that one um I think we will win 2-1 wow on the way win yeah Matt I'm going for a win as well I'm going for one now I think kind of to be honest they've they have surprised me in, in the fact that they are eighth because had quite a lot of big name players going out and, and not much coming back in. So um, I think there is still an opportunity with them. They've had some bad results that we've mentioned previously. Mm. So um, I don't, you know, obviously we're not a, a position at the moment where we can say we're going to walk into any stadium and pick up the three points. And I think we've probably had a good reminder of that in our last away game. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go confident. I think we can we can go there and get the win. So I'm going 1-0. Absolutely. I think we, we do need to travel confidently. We've got quite a healthy record at Ewood Park too. So it feels like one for the taking for the Sky Blues. Uh, let's talk about the Tweet League. Uh, we've moved up a little bit. We're now sitting in 82nd as Sky Blues Extra. <laughs> Where are um, you, Dean? No, we don't need to talk about that, Andy. <laughs> we don't. Cough, cough first. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll take we'll take your prediction for, for the Tweet League this week, 2-1. Um, so hopefully that, that can turn the tide a little bit, although I'm not sure why you wouldn't take my prediction. Um, <laughs> it, seems, it seems to be a nice way to, to wrap things up, chaps. Um, cool. That's it for this week. Thank you for your input, as always. Enjoy the international break. Don't fall asleep too easily. Um, as always, a big thank you to our sponsors at Sean and Horn for their continued support. And don't forget, talk about the Tweet League to get your predictions in when they open again next week. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. But in the meantime, if you want to get involved with anything we've talked about today or any other conversation, check out our social media channels and use the hashtag Sky Blues Extra. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans